Thanks for making the Locked On Almost podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every dayers. We're working on Charles Stackhouse and Jeffrey Rush's interviews for the channel in the future. We'll continue to work towards media days as we work towards fall camp. The next month should be interesting. We are, heck, seven days away from Wayne Kiffin taking the stage in Nashville. So we'll have all kinds of coverage. and I don't know how we're going to do media days, but we're going to do something. And there will be something very Lane Kiffin specific. You can expect several videos that day and perhaps all through the weekend based off of the Lane Kiffin and player appearances um, at SEC media day. should be really good. Also have people that are going to be there that can get into these small gaggles of players. So the Locked On Almost podcast is kind of going to be everywhere for SEC media days. Um, that, that, that's pretty cool. We're, we're, we're growing like a weed. And we've been charting on the U.S. charts pretty much every day for the last month. And that is a really cool thing. And that is all because of you. I mentioned yesterday in the Locked On College Network, I'm in the top 10 in YouTube views, audio downloads, average percentage viewed. And if you look at the teams that are around there, much larger fan bases. So I do want to give you guys a ton of credit. Thank you very much for joining the show because we want to make this fun. We want to talk about Ole Miss sports and the other stuff. I mean, we don't necessarily care about. So Texas A&M coming to Oxford. And this is the thing you need to realize about the Texas A&M Aggies. Okay. Texas A&M is completely in show me mode. And what I mean by that is until they beat a Mississippi school, I'm not going to assume they are. It's kind of the opposite of the Ole Miss-Alabama situation. I think Ole Miss on paper has an excellent chance to win that game at Alabama. But until Ole Miss beats Alabama, I'm going to have a hard time believing it's going to happen. And this game is going to be in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss is likely going to come in 6-2. and two. And Texas A&M, their offense last year, even though Jimbo was kind of bashed on all during season. They averaged over 28 points a game. And now, because they were bashed on the offense, the Real Housewives of College Station has been brought to our attention with the with Bobby Petrino coming into College Station. And those two are going to fight for the reins of the offense over and over again. Strong personalities. Petrino has tried to push out a head coach before. We are going to watch this game. We're going to look what's happening. And if the schedule gets sideways, oh, it has a chance to be absolutely delicious. But offensively, this is a team that potentially could be pretty good. We're going to talk about the 10 best players. I'm really high on Connor Wigman, and I am really high on those wide receivers. And then Reuben Owens, I think, is going to be a little bit of a dude. So A&M has a chance to be fairly explosive offensively. Now, defensively is a little bit of a different story. This says, yeah, the Aggies might have been number one in the nation against the pass, but that's because they couldn't stop anyone running the ball. Now, what we learned last year, and Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Texas A&M all ran the same type defense. And what we found is it got found out. It was not structurally sound. People knew how to attack it, and they were willing to run it. Now, in the Big 12, right, you're going to keep passing no matter what. Your identity trumps all 
over everything. So you kind of play into that defensive hand, defense's hands. But you look at like Alabama and Georgia and teams like that, the SEC kind of plays a different breed of football. And they're, if you're willing to give them five yards of carry running the ball, they're willing to take it. And Vanderbilt kind of figured that defense out against Ole Miss. And everybody followed suit to where, I mean, you saw the return to murder ball from Alabama in the second half of that game. And you saw exactly how teams wanted to attack that. And I don't think people realize that if teams change that, and Ole Miss and Arkansas have changed their defense, not so sure about Texas A&M. DJ Durkin's still there, but he probably is going to run a little four-man stuff. So the defense, the talent is probably better than the defense allowed it to look last year. And that's all these teams. I think Arkansas and Ole Miss and Texas A&M has elite talent as well. But I do think structurally the defense allowed the offense to do other things that this year they might not be able to do against at least two of those teams. I don't know if D.J. Durkin's changing. Now, the Texas A&M preview stopped the run. I mean, Quinshawn Judkins, good grief, just an absolute beast against A&M last year. Everybody remembers that. Aggies averaged allowing over 2,500 rushing yards. Now, it's, it's absolutely nuts. To put this in perspective, the almost 900 yards more than the 2021 defensive line. It's nearly 1,000 yards more. They were 2-5 um, and five when allowing over 4.5 yards of carry and 3-2 and two when they didn't. So whenever they stopped the run, they were a better team because they do have good talent on that team. Now, their biggest pickup was Josh DeBerry from Boston College. Denver Harris has gone to LSU. Um, lots of players off of this generational class that A&M signed last year has transferred away. So it's no longer that class. It's just a good class and not an elite class at this point. Now, their key player is McKinley Jackson. That's a name you should probably remember. I think he's from Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Um, big guy. He, he's going to be playing a lot of zero. He's an extremely athletic guy. He can move around. Had 64 tackles, four and a half sacks, 10 for loss. Um, the entire defense has to do more, but I think tempo can neutralize heavy defensive line dominant teams, honestly. And I think that's the reason A&M is having trouble with teams like Ole Miss. Now, their key game is probably going to be the Arkansas Razorbacks in Arlington, by the way. I hate that this game is in Arlington. This game should be in College Station and Fayetteville every year. But I understand that Jerry wants to put another game in his stadium in Arlington. Texas A&M has owned this rivalry in the SEC. It lost to the Hogs in 2011 when it was still in the Big Ten and then went on a run winning nine in a row before losing in 2021. Got it back with a win and another wild game in 2022. Uh Last year, the Aggies lost six straight after the date in Arlington. And this time around, they have to deal with Alabama and a trip to Tennessee in the following two weeks. We're going we're gonna to dig where the Ole Miss game fits on A&M's schedule and why by, by that time, it could completely have fallen apart for Texas A&M. That, that chance absolutely exists as well. Now, if you look at the 10 best players for the Texas A&M Aggies, Damani Richardson, a senior, Bryce Foster, junior, Josh DeBerry, the transfer that came in, a senior. If you know that, it's, it's, it's pretty much upperclassmen. You start with Walter Nolan at five, 
Connor Wigman at eight, Evan Stewart at nine, and Ruben Owens, the true freshman, at 10. The fact that underclassmen are higher on this list gives me a little bit of pause, but we'll see. A&M's a talented, talented team, and there's no way you can get around that. If you look at the schedule, you can see from the Arkansas game, the next week they have Alabama, the next week they have Tennessee, they get an off week, then they get South Carolina, then the next week Ole Miss, and then Mississippi State. By the time the Mississippi schools hit, A&M could be a complete dumpster fire. The Real Housewives of College Station could be real in full effect. Arkansas is going to be a tough game for them. If they drop that game with Alabama waiting on their schedule, this thing has a chance to spiral out of control to the point where losing three out of four before Ole Miss is an absolute possibility. Now, South Carolina is not going to be a gimme either. You can't overlook that game. And I, like I said, until they beat Mississippi schools, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, I'm going to assume they can't. If you look at the ESPN FBI for that matchup, Ole Miss has a 60% chance of winning this game. If you look at the eight games that Ole Miss has on their schedule, you can see that I have Ole Miss at, was that, 7-2 and two after this game. Every game on this schedule, with the exception of Alabama and LSU, Ole Miss has an at least a 60% chance of winning. Now, they have Georgia coming up next. That's a different story. That's a different animal. But ULM, Mississippi State, they're going to be favored in both of those games. So if you want to go chalk, it looks like 9-3. and three. I will continue to <clears throat> do the game by game, but it genuinely looks like 9-3. and three. Georgia has issues as well. They have some things they need to work through. ULM, I'm not necessarily worried about that game. At Mississippi State, five days after they play Southern Mississippi, that's going to be an unbelievably brutal game. Whoever designed Mississippi State's schedule should be absolutely fired. But you can see exactly how Ole Miss gets to 9-3. and three. And if they get to 9-3, and three, what is it, the Peach Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, whichever one is the Access Bowl that isn't the Sugar Bowl, I expect Ole Miss to be in. They've been in Access Bowls pretty regularly lately. This, is, this isn't necessarily a surprise to anyone. But we'll see exactly what happens um, as we give our game-by-game -game previews as well. Should be a lot of fun. Anyway, I hope everybody enjoyed the show today. And thank you for making the Locked On Almost podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Every day, we got Charles Stackhouse scheduled. For next week we're going to set that set that up next week um and we've got an okay from jeffrey rush but that one still needs to be scheduled technology no matter there's about 700 different things that could happen um that would cause that interview to be delayed but that is the plan before we move into media days once media days hit we're going to have lane kiffin quotes we are going to have different stuff um John Gillespie will be in Nashville in the gaggle, the backroom stuff. He'll We're going to have him on the show to find out what's said there. Players that are going there, is, I think it's DeAndre Prince, Cedric Johnson, and um, Quinshawn Judkins, all of which should be fairly interesting and will represent Ole Miss really well. I'm pretty fired up. As we're getting close to this last week before SEC Media Days is over, I think one more show happens before the SEC Media Day weeks 
kick off. I've already got my credential in and all that good stuff. So we'll see exactly how that goes as well. Should be a lot of fun, but thank you very much for honestly making us everything that we are. And we're going to continue to have fun. We're going to continue to tweak and push the envelope and try and figure out a ways to make this more fun and commentary and perspectives and all the stuff that I think makes us great. We're going to continue to do that as well. But thank you very much, Ann. Hotty toddy.